Hebrews chapter 9 The first promise that was made included rules for worship and a tent for worship here on earth. The first part of the tent was called the holy place, and a lampstand, a table and the sacred loaves of bread were kept there. Behind the curtain was the most holy place. The gold altar that was used for burning incense was in this holy place. The gold-covered sacred chest was also there, and inside it were three things. First, there was a gold jar filled with manna. Then there was Aaron's walking stick that sprouted. Finally, there were the flat stones with the Ten Commandments written on them. On top of the chest were the glorious creatures with wings opened out above the place of mercy. Now isn't the time to go into detail about these things. But this is how everything was when the priests went each day into the first part of the tent to do their duties. However, only the high priest could go into the second part of the tent, and he went in only once a year. Each time he carried blood to offer for his sins and for any sins that the people had committed without meaning to. All this is the Holy Spirit's way of saying that no one could enter the most holy place while the tent was still the place of worship. This also has a meaning for today. It shows that we cannot make our consciences clear by offering gifts and sacrifices. These rules are merely about such things as eating and drinking and ceremonies for washing ourselves. And rules about physical things will last only until the time comes to change them for something better. Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now here. He also went into a much better tent that wasn't made by humans and that doesn't belong to this world. Then Christ went once for all into the most holy place and freed us from sin forever. He did this by offering his own blood instead of the blood of goats and bulls. According to the law of Moses, those people who become unclean are not fit to worship God. Yet they will be considered clean if they are sprinkled with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a sacrificed calf. But Christ was sinless, and he offered himself as an eternal and spiritual sacrifice to God. That's why his blood is much more powerful and makes our consciences clear. Now we can serve the living God and no longer do things that lead to death. Christ died to rescue those who had sinned and broken the old agreement. Now he brings his chosen ones a new agreement, with its guarantee of God's eternal blessings. In fact, making an agreement of this kind is like writing a will. This is because the one who makes the will must die before it's of any use. In other words, a will doesn't go into effect as long as the one who made it is still alive. Blood was also used to put the first agreement into effect. Moses told the people all that the law said they must do. Then he used red wool and a hyssop plant to sprinkle the people and the book of the law with the blood of bulls and goats and with water. He told the people, with this blood, God makes his agreement with you. Moses also sprinkled blood on the tent and on everything else that was used in worship. The law says that almost everything must be sprinkled with blood 
and no sins can be forgiven unless blood is offered. These things are only copies of what is in heaven, and so they had to be made holy by these ceremonies. But the real things in heaven must be made holy by something better. This is why Christ did not go into a tent that had been made by humans and was only a copy of the real one. Instead, he went into heaven and is now there with God to help us. Christ did not have to offer himself many times. He wasn't like a high priest who goes into the most holy place each year to offer the blood of an animal. If he had offered himself every year, he would have suffered many times since the creation of the world. But instead, near the end of time, he offered himself once and for all, so that he could be a sacrifice that does away with sin. We die only once, and then we are judged. So Christ died only once to take away the sins of many people. But when he comes again, it will not be to take away sin. He will come to save everyone who is waiting for him. Hebrews chapter 10 The law of Moses is like a shadow of the good things to come. This shadow isn't the good things themselves, because it cannot free people from sin by the sacrifices that are offered year after year. If there were worshippers who already have their sins washed away and their consciences made clear, there would not be any need to go on offering sacrifices but the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sins. It only reminds people of their sins from one year to the next. When Christ came into the world, he said to God, Sacrifices and offerings are not what you want, but you have given me my body. No, you are not pleased with animal sacrifices and offerings for sin. Then Christ said, and so, my God, I have come to do what you want, as the Scriptures say. The law teaches that offerings and sacrifices must be made because of sin. But why did Christ mention these things and say that God did not want them? Well, it was to do away with offerings and sacrifices and to replace them. That is what he meant by saying to God, I have come to do what you want. So we are made holy because Christ obeyed God and offered himself once for all. The priests do their work each day and they keep on offering sacrifices that can never take away sins. But Christ offered himself as a sacrifice that is good forever. Now he is sitting at God's right side and he will stay there until his enemies are put under his power. By his one sacrifice, he has forever set free from sin the people he brings to God. The Holy Spirit also speaks of this by telling us that the Lord said, When the time comes, I will make an agreement with them. I will write my laws on their minds and hearts. Then I will forget about their sins and no longer remember their evil deeds. When sins are forgiven, there is no more need to offer sacrifices my friends, the blood of Jesus gives us courage to enter the most holy place by a new way that leads to life. And this way takes us through the curtain that is Christ himself. 
We have a great high priest who's in charge of God's house. So let's come near God with pure hearts and a confidence that comes from having faith. Let's keep our hearts pure, our consciences free from evil, and our bodies washed with clean water. We must hold tightly to the hope that we say is ours. After all, we can trust the one who made the agreement with us. We should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and to do helpful things. Some people have got out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. No sacrifices can be made for people who decide to sin after they find out about the truth. They are God's enemies, and all they can look forward to is a terrible judgment and a furious fire. If two or more witnesses accuse someone of breaking the law of Moses, that person could be put to death. But it is much worse to dishonor God's Son and to disgrace the blood of the promise that made us holy. And it is just as bad to insult the Holy Spirit who shows us mercy. We know that God has said He will punish and take revenge. We also know that the Scriptures say the Lord will judge His people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Don't forget all the hard times you went through when you first received the light. Sometimes you were abused and ill-treated in public, and at other times you shared in the sufferings of others. You were kind to people in jail, and you gladly let your possessions be taken away, because you knew you had something better, something that would last forever. Keep on being brave. It will bring you great rewards. Learn to be patient, so that you will please God and be given what He has promised. As the scriptures say, God is coming soon. It won't be very long. The people God accepts will live because of their faith, but He isn't pleased with anyone who turns back. We are not like those people who turn back and get destroyed. We will keep on having faith until we are saved. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. It was their faith that made our ancestors pleasing to God. Because of our faith, we know that the world was made at God's command. We also know that what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. Because Abel had faith, he offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. God was pleased with him and his gift. And even though Abel is now dead, his faith still speaks for him. Enoch had faith and did not die. He pleased God, and God took him up to heaven. That's why his body was never found. But without faith, no one can please God. We must believe that God is real and that he rewards everyone who searches for him. Because Noah had faith, he was warned about something that had not yet happened. He obeyed and built a boat that saved him and his family. In this way, the people of the world were judged, and Noah was given the blessings that come to everyone who pleases God. Abraham had faith and obeyed God. He was told to go to the land that God had said would be his and he left for a country he had never seen. Because Abraham had faith, 
He lived as a stranger in the promised land. He lived there in a tent, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who were later given the same promise. Abraham did this because he was waiting for the eternal city that God had planned and built. Even when Sarah was too old to have children, she had faith that God would do what he had promised, and she had a son. Her husband Abraham was almost dead, but he became the ancestor of many people. In fact, there are as many of them as there are stars in the sky or grains of sand along the beach. Every one of those people died, but they still had faith, even though they had not received what they had been promised. They were glad just to see these things from far away, and they agreed that they were only strangers and foreigners on this earth. When people talk this way, it's clear that they are looking for a place to call their own. If they'd been talking about the land where they'd once lived, they could have gone back at any time. But they were looking forward to a better home in heaven. That's why God wasn't ashamed for them to call him their God. He even built a city for them. Abraham had been promised that Isaac, his only son, would continue his family. But when Abraham was tested, he had faith and was willing to sacrifice Isaac because he was sure that God could raise people to life. This was just like getting Isaac back from death. Isaac had faith, and he promised blessings to Jacob and Esau. Later, when Jacob was about to die, he leaned on his walking stick and worshipped. Then, because of his faith, he blessed each of Joseph's sons. And just before Joseph died, he had faith that God would lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. So he told them to take his bones with them. Because Moses' parents had faith, they kept him hidden until he was three months old. They saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's orders. Then, after Moses grew up, his faith made him refuse to be called Pharaoh's grandson. He chose to be ill-treated with God's people instead of having the good time that sin could bring for a little while. Moses knew that the treasures of Egypt were not as wonderful as what he would receive from suffering for the Messiah, and he looked forward to his reward. Because of his faith, Moses left Egypt. Moses had seen the invisible God and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. His faith also made him celebrate Passover. He sprinkled the blood of animals on the doorposts so that the firstborn sons of the people of Israel would not be killed by the destroying angel. Because of their faith, the people walked through the Red Sea on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do it, they were drowned. God's people had faith, and when they had walked around the city of Jericho for seven days, its walls fell down. Rahab had been a prostitute, but she had faith and welcomed the spies. So she wasn't killed with the people who disobeyed. What else can I say? There isn't enough time to tell about Gideon. Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets. Their faith helped them conquer kingdoms, and because they did right, God made promises to them. They closed the jaws of lions and put out raging fires and escaped from the swords of their enemies. Although they were weak, they were given the strength and power to chase foreign armies away.
Some women received their loved ones back from death. Many of these people were tortured, but they refused to be released. They were sure that they would get a better reward when the dead are raised to life. Others were made fun of and beaten with whips, and some were chained in jail. Still, others were stoned to death, or sawn in two, or killed with swords. Some had nothing but sheepskins or goatskins to wear. They were poor, ill-treated, and tortured. The world did not deserve these good people, who had to wander in deserts and on mountains, and had to live in caves and holes in the ground. All of them pleased God because of their faith, but still they died without being given what had been promised. This was because God had something better in store for us, and He did not want them to reach the goal of their faith without us. Hebrews chapter twelve. Such a large crowd of witnesses is all around us, so we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that just won't let go. And we must be determined to run the race that's ahead of us. We must keep our eyes on Jesus, who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the shame of being nailed to a cross, because he knew that later on he would be glad he did. Now he is seated at the right side of God's throne. So keep your mind on Jesus, who put up with many insults from sinners. Then you won't get discouraged and give up. None of you have yet been hurt in your battle against sin, but you have forgotten that the scriptures say to God's children. When the Lord punishes you, don't make light of it, and when He corrects you, don't be discouraged. The Lord corrects the people He loves, and disciplines those He calls His own. Be patient when you're being corrected. This is how God treats His children. Don't all parents correct their children? God corrects all His children, and if He doesn't correct you. Then you don't really belong to him. Our earthly fathers correct us, and we still respect them. Isn't it even better to be given true life by letting our spiritual father correct us? Our human fathers correct us for a short time, and they do it as they think best. But God corrects us for our own good, because He wants us to be holy, as He is. It is never fun to be corrected. In fact, at the time, it's always painful. But if we learn to obey by being corrected, we will do right and live at peace. Now stand up straight. Stop your knees from shaking and walk a straight path. Then lame people will be healed instead of getting worse. Try to live at peace with everyone. Live a clean life. If you don't, you will never see the Lord. Make sure that no one misses out on God's wonderful kindness. Don't let anyone become bitter and cause trouble for the rest of you. Watch out for immoral and ungodly people like Esau, who sold his future blessing for only one meal. You know how he later wanted it back, but there was nothing he could do to change things, even though he begged his father and cried. You have not come to a place like Mount Sinai that can be seen and touched. 
There is no flaming fire or dark cloud or storm or trumpet sound. The people of Israel heard a voice speak, but they begged it to stop because they could not obey its commands. They were even told to kill any animal that touched the mountain. The sight was so frightening that Moses said he shook with fear. You have now come to Mount Zion and to the heavenly Jerusalem. This is the city of the living God, where thousands and thousands of angels have come to celebrate. Here you will find all God's dearest children, whose names are written in heaven, and you will find God Himself, who judges everyone. Here also are the spirits of those good people who have been made perfect, and Jesus is here. He is the one who makes God's new agreement with us, and His sprinkled blood says much better things than the blood of Abel. Make sure that you obey the one who speaks to you. The people did not escape when they refused to obey the one who spoke to them at Mount Sinai. Do you think you can possibly escape if you refuse to obey the one who speaks to you from heaven? When God spoke the first time, His voice shook only the earth. This time, He has promised to shake the earth once again, and heaven too. The words "once again" mean that these created things will some day be shaken and removed. Then, what cannot be shaken will last. We should be grateful that we were given a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and in this kingdom we please God by worshiping Him and by showing Him great honor and respect. Our God is like a destructive fire. Hebrews chapter thirteen. Keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. Be sure to welcome strangers into your home. By doing this, some people have welcomed angels as guests without even knowing it. Remember the Lord's people who are in jail and be concerned for them. Don't forget those who are suffering, but imagine that you are there with them. Have respect for marriage. Always be faithful to your partner, because God will punish anyone who is immoral or unfaithful in marriage. Don't fall in love with money. Be satisfied with what you have. The Lord has promised that He will not leave us or desert us. That should make you feel like saying, "The Lord helps me. Why should I be afraid of what people can do to me?" Don't forget about your leaders who taught you God's message. Remember what kind of lives they lived, and try to have faith like theirs. Jesus Christ never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be fooled by any kind of strange teachings. It is better to receive strength from God's undeserved kindness than to depend on certain foods. After all, these foods don't really help the people who eat them. But we have an altar where even the priests who serve in the place of worship have no right to eat. After the high priest offers the blood of animals as a sin offering, the bodies of those animals are burnt outside the camp. Jesus Himself suffered outside the city gate so that His blood would make people holy. That's why we should go outside the camp to Jesus and share in His disgrace. On this earth, we don't have a city that lasts forever. But we are waiting for such a city.
Our sacrifice is to keep offering praise to God in the name of Jesus. But don't forget to help others and to share your possessions with them. This too is like offering a sacrifice that pleases God. Obey your leaders and do what they say. They are watching over you and they must answer to God. So don't make them sad as they do their work. Make them happy. Otherwise, they won't be able to help you at all. Pray for us. Our consciences are clear and we always try to live right. I especially want to pray that I can visit you again soon. God gives peace and he raised our Lord Jesus Christ from death. Now Jesus is like a great shepherd whose blood was used to make God's eternal agreement with his flock. I pray that God will make you ready to obey him and that you will always be eager to do right. May Jesus help you do what pleases God. To Jesus Christ be glory forever and ever. Amen. My friends, I've written only a short letter to encourage you, and I beg you to pay close attention to what I've said. By now you must know that our friend Timothy is out of jail. If he gets here in time, I'll bring him with me when I come to visit you. Please give my greetings to your leaders and to the rest of the Lord's people. His followers from Italy send you their greetings. I pray that God will be kind to all of you.